Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Thy culture is the umbrella of all those stimuli that plays in our head into what we should look like to be healthy or to be happy. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health-conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Okay, today on the Less Stress Life podcast, we have clinical nutritionist and intuitive eating expert, speaker, and podcast host, Stephanie Dodier. She is the founder of Going Beyond the Food Academy, which is a global coaching and online training platform focused on helping women make peace with food in their body so they can live a fulfilling life right now. I just freaking love how concise, like straight to the point that was because I read a lot of really long bios. Not that that's a problem, but she is direct and to the point and really clear. And she's a lovely, lovely Canadian joining us today. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on the show. And I take in all that great feedback you're giving me. Thank you. (laughs) Good, good. So Stephanie was introduced by a mutual friend and she has an interesting personal story that's developed into how she practices now and helps clients and health professionals work on body image stuff. I'm just going to say stuff. So Stephanie, let's talk about how this started, because this is absolutely not where you began or even thought that you would end up. So I think your story is the best place to start. Yes. So let's begin at 12 years old. I'm a normal little girl. And at 12 years old, I have this memory of walking into Weight Watcher. And my mom walked me into this because she had her own story around body image and what the body should look like and how being overweight is bad for you and dangerous for your health. And that was the best thing she could do for me at the time. I love my mom, but at the time, Weight Watcher was the solution. So that was the beginning point of a 25-year journey career, as I like to say it, in dieting. And I did probably all the diet possible into this world, losing and gaining and losing and gaining to the point where the last attempt, I lost 100 pounds and gained it back. And 
that led me to a place of looking at food from a completely different perspective. So today I'm 44 years old and I'm a health professional in what I call a fat body, what mainstream people will call an overweight body. So my approach to health to food, to body image, it's from what we call a lived experience, having been there and having felt the emotion and all the drama and the trauma associated with dieting. So I practice from that place and I share my life, my experience with my audience, with my podcast listener, with my clients, with my patient to help them navigate through their own journey with food and body. But... You kind of gave us the starting point. There was some rocky stuff that happened in between there. Yes. <laughs> so like once upon a time, you had a, I think a paleo blog oh, yeah. and you were teaching ketogenic lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with that for the right fit, right? Like I have people, a lot of my clients come with that, but you took a left turn or a right turn. Yes. I don't care which one it is, but let's say left turn. You took a left turn. What was happening? What were you seeing? Why did you feel like you needed to start working with people on body image? Like when did that start to become a glaring concern? Um, hmm. Like, what I wonder is, do you work with people and you like keep seeing the same signs and you're like, hey, wait a second, I see an underlying problem here. Like, and I'm not sure it's the thing that they came for. Or is it something yeah. else? Well, first of all, so let's go back to like seven or eight years ago when I was blogging in the paleo world, I was doing the quote paleo diet as a way of maintaining my weight. Like this was just my personal journey stumbled upon paleo because I was attracted with the notion of we don't have to count calories. We just have to eat real food. So my traumatized brain around my body is like, oh, my God, this is an easy way of maintaining my weight. So I went into the paleo world, took my skill set and became a paleo blogger. And then I started to gain weight. My God, like this is not the solution. What's the next thing? And back Six years ago, when nobody talked about keto, I stumbled upon keto and then I started to do keto. And then I, like any good professional, did my research, started to write a book. And then I realized keto wasn't the solution for me. When I was doing keto, I was teaching paleo, right, to my client and I was seeing the same pattern as me. And then I remember vividly this client being in my office and talking to me about why she, quote, fell off the wagon again. And she said to me, I looked at myself in the mirror and then I started to want to eat all those chips and all this bread and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Christ almighty, it's not only me. Mm -hmm. It's her. And then I started to ask very specific questions to my client and come to find out it was all of their story. The underlying root issue of all of us, and granted, I work with women. I don't work with men, so I cannot speak to this category client. But for women that are chronic dieter, the root causes all unacceptance of our body. Mm -hmm. And then so I started to do my own research on why we don't accept our body and what we can do. And then I trip over health at every size from Linda Bacon. And I read the book and I'm like, that's impossible. Close the book and put it away. Right? <laughs> I went to complete denial of like being fat and healthy because that went against everything that my professional training had taught me, that my personal life experience, like, how can this be possible? Right. Mm -hmm. 
And then so I started to went into the world of like spirituality and the world of emotion. And there we go again. It was about body image at the end of it all. I'm like, okay, let's pick up the book again and read it again. And then at the same time, all those clients were manifesting and having the same issue. They wanted to be at peace with food, but they couldn't because they hated their body so much. So what I heard you say that I'm going to reiterate that I hear often as well is people say I fell off the wagon. And I think it's okay to like maybe say occasionally or like not very often, but in general, like our life is not on and off of a wagon. It is like, uh, it's not on or off and you can see it because I have people kind of record symptoms and what's going on so I can understand them. So I can just see what things are like and, and see it quickly. That works for what I'm trying to accomplish for my clients. And I can really quickly tell on, off, on, off, on, off for some people, like they're either really like strict or they're like just doing whatever. Right. And there's not like a happy medium. Like I'm nourishing myself because I feel good. Right. It's sort of like, I think I need to do this. So I'm going to do it. This is a loaded topic. That's not really very simple at all. (laughs) And so it's a challenge for one, the person living it, which is pretty, uh, most of us, all of us at some point, it's pretty hard for us to navigate it personally. And then it becomes extra challenging as a health professional. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of health professionals listen to this. And so we're always like, we're trying to figure out how do we help someone navigate something at the end of the day for me? And I'm curious, like at the end of the day for you, like, what would you say your goal is for someone for the end of the day for me? I would say, I would just want, I want you to feel best in your body. Like I want you to eat, to feel your best and have Mm -hmm. great energy. And like, there's going to be times where maybe you don't feel awesome from a certain thing, but it's not to beat yourself up afterwards. It's to feel good and to feel comfortable and to feel like I'm generally fairly symptom free, so to speak. I'm not having like things that are causing me problems, Mm -hmm. essentially. And so when we work backwards, (laughs) and we say, how are we moving toward that? Like, what do you say to people? What is your goal? What is your end thing? What like, if Mm -hmm. you could ask a question in your practice, and if we're not moving toward that thing, then we need to kind of recalibrate making choice from a place of love instead of fear. I love it. That would like one sentence that I always repeat and say all the time. So, and making choices from a place of love in the case of my population means perhaps not going on an X diet because you're going on a diet because you're afraid of gaining weight or not losing weight. Mm -hmm. So the foundation of your decision of your choice is fear. I love it. So we got to work on that fear. And this is how I come to the world of body images because bottom line behind any diet and perhaps even with your eczema client is that fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Right. So, and this is where like it gets really complicated, not complicated in the sense that it's like, it's hard to do, but like we got to work through the emotional layer and the mental layer that's hidden behind it. Just mm-hmm. addressing the surface stuff will get you to a state of keep repeating and on and off the wagon. Yeah. It's really hard to address in five minutes as well. And actually to simplify this, it's been a long time since I've said this, so I can bring it back. Uh, (laughs) I remember learning once upon a time that pretty much most emotions that we feel can be filtered through two happiness and fear. And that was a fun thing to experiment or to consider for like a few, like to kind of simmer on for a few weeks or like months, many months, because I would start to realize like, okay, what am I doing that I don't like in life? Cause that's the opposite of happiness. And how is it actually fear? Right. And so some examples I've given in the past would be like, 
when I'm getting grouchy with my children, right? How is that fear? Okay, because I'm afraid they're going to grow up and not, not be good productive members of society yes. or not be a good reflection or, you know, who knows what the answers were there. But I would just start to filter all the things that were not joyful or happy in my life through fear. Like, why am I afraid of this? Why am I fearful of this? And when I did that, and when I was able to talk aloud about it and speak about it, sometimes when you speak aloud, you and I were talking out air, and I had a little revelation about something Sometimes until you say something out loud, it wasn't obvious. And we see that with clients all the time. When you say it out loud, it's like, oh my gosh, here we are. So anyway, happiness and fear. I love that so much. So will you repeat that statement again? Making choices. uh, Love versus fear. Yeah. Love versus fear. Is your choice based out of love or fear? And then ask powerful question behind that. Because often we'll say, yeah, I want to lose weight in my case, like in my world, because I love myself, like, hold on. So what you gain weight? So then what happened? Then what? Like ask powerful question behind your choice to really understand is it from love or fear? Yeah. Okay. So I want to kind of divide a couple things. So I want to talk about this is a challenge to talk about in a provider's office, right? Because because <laughs> in a healthcare office, it's a little like we don't want to talk about love versus fear as our yeah. as our treatment of plan, right? So it's tricky. What are your recommendations to a health professional if they're struggling with like, I don't know what to tell this client because my toolbox says I need to help this person, let's say just say lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that's what my toolbox is, but I don't I feel conflicted about that or it's not working yeah. or like what are your suggestions? What are your guiding points? What would you tell a health professional that feels like they're trying to be a messenger but doesn't really feel like they're providing the right messages to help their clients? Again, one sentence. You can only take your client as far as you've gone yourself. Hmm. Interesting. Right? So you cannot coach or guide someone on emotional healing if you're a mess emotionally. Mm, Good point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So in the field of we are, right, in the field of health provider, we have to do our own personal journey and then explore that field with our client. Without that, we will be misguiding them and likely hurting them. Mm Okay. Okay. That's a lot to stew on for a moment. So yeah, I'm profound. I tend to be profound. (laughs) So profound, profound. Okay. (laughs) So that's a tricky thing. But I think in other words, if someone is struggling with their in-person relationship with their clients, then do your own. Yeah. Face inward first, because it will naturally start to mirror as you do your own development with the skill set that you have. So if the skill set you have right now is just in the realm of like food and calories and macros and stay within that until you're quote qualified or experienced enough to take them beyond that. Right. Or if your experience is not in that, then it's okay to refer to the person that actually knows what that is. I am so open. Like if I have skin problem, like they go to you. Like, (laughs) like I have people in some of my group, moms who want help with their children. Like I don't have kids not my thing. I'll bring an expert. They'll help you. And then you can go work with them. Like this is not my field. Right. Yeah. It's nice to stay in our zone of genius because when we're not in our zone of genius, we're very uncomfortable. Right. And that's the tricky part when you have someone coming in. Like if you got someone new constantly, you're kind of always on your toes. Right. Which is a good thing, but sometimes a very challenging thing when you're trying to help people. Right. Okay. So that's kind of a little bit of in-person summarized profoundly and briefly. Let's talk about the online world. So here's the deal. We're talking about body image. It's a wonderful topic that addresses like that's important for every single person. And it's a foundation to your happiness, I think, essentially. 
But there is a little bit of dissonance sometimes mm-hmm. in professionals that I see more online because people communicate in this way. And sometimes people are unfiltered online, yep. right? Like really angry behind our keypad. Um, and so sometimes there's some dissonance here. Let me tee it up a different way. Let's say, let me go about it from like my perspective and then you sure. can kind of riff on it a little bit. So I help people that are realizing that there are maybe foods that they're like, gosh, I feel like really crappy with this. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't feel very good. I help them tolerate those things again, right? And so they don't feel crappy. And at the same time, there is a population of professionals that really say like, that's not a real thing. Everything fits here. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of dissonance that happens online. And I think I personally believe it's because you can't summarize things in these little sound bites sometimes, you know, it's so hard. And so people aren't really feeling heard or whatnot. I'll let you speak to it, even though you're profound and concise. (laughs) Because how do I say this? Like, people are like grouchy to each other. Like, like, this is garbage. (laughs) No, this is garbage. And so like, we're not actually working together. So it's a problem because we're not making progress to serve people to serve clients to serve the people who need it most sometimes. Um, And that's normal to have like, everyone's got an opinion. What do you say to unite people here? What would you say if you have a client coming in? And, mm-hmm. you're, and you want to work on body image, but they're like, I feel like garbage from this, but it's kind of like not normal, right? Like, cause we should not feel garbage, like garbage from eating broccoli, right? Or whatever, yeah. like something naturally healthy. How do you handle that in practice? What would you say to those people? How do you help them navigate that? Cause that's a real thing that people are experiencing as well. So I think, so let's give it some background. So in the world of intuitive eating, health at every size, body positivity in the world of online, one of the common meme you'll see on Instagram is like donuts and cakes and pizza and all the foods are good, right? Mm -hmm. And I call that drama marketing. I'm sure there's a fancy name for it in the world of marketing, but it's like push buttons of people to get your like stuff above. What people have to understand, that's a marketing technique. And there's also a branch of intuitive eating, health at every size, body positivity that's called activism in which we're trying people who do activism to change society at a deeper level, political movement, like all of that. So these lines of all foods are good and everything is to be consumed are used as a way of pushing people's button and barrier. So that's one thing. And that work is needed to change society in many facets. Now, when it comes to practice, right, all foods are good is still a correct statement, but you have to understand where your clients or patient is coming from. If they're coming to you from a place of chronic dieting, from a place of having done all the protocol in the world and still having an eczema issue, then you need to address the behavior around food first Mm -hmm. to then be able to get to an honest quote, diagnosis on which food works and doesn't work for them. Because they're so riddled with stress around food, the name of the podcast, Mm -hmm. because of this belief around food that they're holding, that you will not get a true picture of what works and doesn't work for them. There is a significant, I actually call this food jail, where people kind of like back themselves into a wall to the point where they're like, they just feel crappy all over the place then. And I'm like, okay, this is not about food. It is, but it's not, right? Like we need to be able to eat. And so actually my thing is, is I feel like, of course, there's such an intersection where we need each other, right? Because we like, everyone needs body image stuff. I want you to not have reactions to food. I want you to feel really good. And to be completely honest, 
I just finished a book writing process and the publisher is like, it was a requirement to have diet in the title. And I was like, okay, Mm. if you want to have that in the title, then we're going to define diet as like all the things in life, right? It's our sleep and our stress and like, because it's just, it's what's happening right now. Yes. And they're like, that's fine. We can totally define it that way. But for what people are searching for on the internet, like it needs to include this. And so you're right. And I've worked with some other very big health programs and at the end of the day, people didn't resonate with fixing XYZ. They resonated with this thing being called a diet. And yes. so you're right, regardless of how I see it, because you know, we live in these bubbles as health professionals. So we start to see the newest thing that maybe hasn't filtered down to, to so like maybe in 17 years, it'll be really common to like call it lifestyle, even though we're trying to say that now or like whatever, yeah. whatever we want to call this. I don't really know. It's like how we feel, like feeling good. Yeah. Whatever. It's not like the word diet, right? But until then. I get it. I understand. Like we are trying to shift that it's not an on off wagon. It's not like a quick fix thing. It's accepting yourself who you are and wanting to feel really good. Like at the end of the day, it's wanting to feel your best in your current body. Probably and more. So then we have to identify in society, what does that mean to feel good? Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, in mainstream society, feeling good for women particularly is associated with a body type. You'll meet many women that'll say, I'm not even allowed to feel good because I'm not in the ideal body type or the ideal health status. So it's not even available to me. Mm-hmm. So like there is like much deeper issue in society that gets people to say, well, I can't feel good because I'm not this way. Does that make sense? It does. But let's talk about what are the external stimuli that are helping create that narrative for that woman? Because as I think about that, I think about, okay, so you got a husband that's critiquing blah, 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 or you got this. So let's talk about all the factors someone has to consider that they're not necessarily considering when they need to understand how to improve, let's say, body image, right? Like it's not about one thing. It's about all these touch points in your life that are triggers. Um, What are some common things that you see affecting this? So there's one word for that. And then I'm going to go into like deeper, but it's one word. It's called diet culture. Oh, sure. Okay. So diet culture is the umbrella of all those stimuli that plays in our head into what we should look like to be healthy or to be happy. Right. So We'll talk about social media stream, right? The image that we're constantly seeing, the actor that are being chosen to play in Netflix series, right? It's always the same pattern of people. We can talk about the image we see on the billboard, the subtle cue of who's in the magazine. And then the also, let's just talk about the salary juice trend on the health front, right? Of what, of how hard you need to try to deserve health. These are all subtle message, going to the doctor and being weighed in. What is the first thing your doctor asks you when you go for a health checkup? What do they do? They weigh you in, (laughs) right? It's been been a while. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. They weigh you in and check your, they weigh you in, right? And they say like, that's the predominant factor to your health is the way you weigh. And then all those subtle messages comes into you. And then they literally reprogram what we call the subconscious mind. To like get you to believe that that's the truth. So there's a lot of deconstructing to be done for you to like truly say, I'm going to approach food from a place of feeling good without having all those things attached to it. Mm -hmm. 
So we're talking about social media, billboards, actors, etc. But what about relationships? Would you say that that's the same thing? Because the people in those relationships are also affected by all the same external stimuli. So their normal is the same. So you would say it doesn't go beyond that necessarily? Well, it goes into what that person that you're in partnership with has been programmed with. Sure. Right. So if you, so this, we can go like get lost in the thing, but we attract who are like us. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you believe that your quote are not, you need to be in a certain body type and you're not, you will attract people that reflect that for you. Mm-hmm. So this is the women who like their husband will make comment on their body. Totally. Totally. What do you or their wrinkles, right? Right. So what advice do you have to a woman? Because like saying, I'm going to leave my husband because he makes fun of my body. This is not an option. What do you say to a woman dealing with that relationship stimuli? Because I know plenty of people dealing with this, right? And I mean, how do you suggest that they address it? I think sometimes we're like, I need to change that person. But I think it's more you have to change how you're feeling about it. I mean, what else can you do? It'll be the same line as with the professional. You can only take your partner to wherever you got. Mm-hmm. So if your own self-esteem and self-worth is linked to external cues of your body looks and feel, then you cannot help your partner go beyond that. So first work on yourself, find your self-worth, find your self-esteem, detach yourself from external, like do your work and then your partner will start observing different behavior from you. Mm-hmm. And if your partner, quote, truly love you, then they'll start asking questions like what's going on and this and that. And then it will hopefully grow together. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, I'm not a relationship expert, not my field, but hopefully the relationship will grow together or eventually will separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, because we can apply this to not a uh, husband wife relationship. We can compare it to a mother-in-law, I mean, a friend, girlfriend, whatever, like whatever, friend friend, right? Right ever. Yeah. I think to just tack on, I think when you feel confident in your body, when you have your own, I think body image, positive body image and confidence, they feel very synonymous to me. Yes. So when you are confident, you kind of exude confidence and that unlocks more doors than you know and allows you to, it allows a lot of stuff to become noise. When you are not confident, then that's a problem, right? Unfortunately, some people link their confidence to how they're feeling in their body at that moment, which is takes us back to the entire conversation we're having all around, right? And again, I want to expand to say it's not just body size. It could be skin condition. It can be aging. It can be color of the hair, like all those external things right. will become problematic as you go through your life journey if you don't have self-esteem, self-worth and confidence within you as opposed to externally. And then I'll just want to say, when you start being confident, it will unlock boundaries. Mm -hmm. So when, as you grow your own self-worth and self-confidence and your partner makes a comment, you will stand for yourself. Yeah, that's great. You won't let it be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know for me, I'm single right now, but if I was to get into a relationship and they're forbid, In my case, a man would say a comment like, holy crap, like the world would unravel, right? But it's only because I've done my work and I'm confident in my body. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be argumentative. It just can can just be like, I don't accept, I don't accept your comment. (laughs) Well, in my case, it would be easy the right person for me. Because if that's what he believes in, like we're clearly not aligned. Right. Yeah. And speaking of alignment, 
The thing is, we evolve in our development. And sometimes the people around us don't evolve exactly the same. It doesn't mean we necessarily leave them behind if we're attached to them necessarily, right? Family, etc. But let's talk about this in context briefly of your own life. I know before your business became helping people with body image, with health at every size, with intuitive eating. As we were talking about, it was other stuff before that. How have things changed in a way? Like what changes have you seen from making that transition? I know that's like a weird, simple question, but my point is you were trying to do X, Y, Z thing and did it Mm -hmm. feel like it was out of alignment? And like in general, how have things changed and how was that evolution for you in general? So for me, as I did my own work, of healing myself, what my environment in some cases was saying wasn't reflecting of how I was evolving or thinking. And for me, the way I approach this, I can be very confrontational, but I'm not typically looking for a fight. So if I'm looking at my colleagues online, and as I was changing, I got very little like, quote, nasty comments, like, this is not the type of comments that I attracted. And for those who did, then I set up boundaries, it was like delete block, right? Just like, thank you very much. People in my own personal life, again, I established very strong boundaries. So when the topic of weight loss would come in, I would gently say, this is not a topic I would like to talk about or comments about my body, not something I want to talk about. If you're interested, let me know. Otherwise, we'll change subject. So there has been a lot of those situations where I had to like change subject. Naturally, people left. But you know what's funny is that I'll take some of my female friends that were in the keto world before are still my friend today Mm -hmm. because they got influence or interested into what I was doing. And then today, they've made the switch in their own business and their way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a piece, body image, body confidence. I feel like it needs to be a piece of any program. Like a program, in my opinion, is a comprehensive start to finish thing, right? Like you're getting your trying to go for maybe a result, you're addressing a problem, whatever. It's a set of ways to improve it. And I feel like body image, body confidence is always, for some people, it's a bigger piece than others, right? Because some people, it's their priority at that time, right? But I also want to say there is people like you that are needed because people can go through the work with me, right? Make peace with food in their body and still have a skin issue. Right. Totally. Right. But I've set them up in a way that they can then take your protocol and not obsess about it and not become sick and restriction and binging, like can address it as a quote, normal eater. Right. Yeah. I think it takes time, obviously, for a body to heal, for emotions to heal, etc. And so that whole journey is in stages, right? Like at first, I feel like I'm in food jail. Next, I feel like I'm not as like, I feel like, okay, I don't feel yucky when I'm doing XYZ thing. Okay, let me keep expanding and expanding and expanding. And now my normal looks like a very, a much more quote unquote normal thing. Actually, it's funny because depending on what stage someone is in or what their priority is, we always need each other, right? Because sometimes I accidentally, I didn't catch it or it wasn't obvious because someone was really focused on a different thing. And after we start work, it's like, whoa, a lot of body image problems here or, oh, a lot of like a lot of history. Like 
I don't have all the expertise to unravel this for you, but this needs to be continued. Like you yeah. are like, it's time to work on this next, right? Like, let's try to start now. <laughs> let's try to work through some things now. But at the same time, like this needs to be continued because at the end of the day, this is going to set you free. This will give you yes. like ultimate happiness after you address this quote unquote problem or, or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Right. So. Stephanie, I appreciate your frankness. I appreciate the podcasting platform so we can like actually have a long enough conversation to be intelligent about it. Yes. Um, because sometimes I, sometimes I struggle with social media. It's snippets. It's so out of context sometimes. And sometimes we just need to be able to talk about it uh, big, broad, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So if we could leave people with a gut reaction of if the person that's listening feels like this is the topic they needed to hear today, or it's about them. What advice do you have for that woman? I would say for that woman, exploration and education. Like if you get called, my world is long term. So go to my podcast and just start listening and give yourself some time. Let the information seeps in, keep the door open, like all the possibilities are there. Just don't react from a place of fear and get your back up and deny all the information. Just be open and go about it from a place of exploration. Yeah. Curiosity. I love curiosity and curiosity instead of judgment. Yeah. Intentional experimentation, intentional curiosity. I love that. That's my favorite. Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on today. Where can people find you? Well, since we're on a podcast platform, my podcast, Going Beyond the Food Show on iTunes, I think is the best place for you to start. Start around podcast 199, 200 and make your way up from there. Awesome. Thank you so much again for coming on and for being an open book. Thank you. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 